No Dunks is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts. That's a fact. It's no longer a question. Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app, and I'm one of them. And they have discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. It's Monday morning here. I am checking the prices for the Hawks game tonight. Some good deals. But you know what? Going to come back in a few hours. Wait them out. The deals will be even better. Head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. Shout out to everyone listening on the Athletic app. I'm J.E. Skeet, still up in Toronto, where we've reached week three. And alongside me, still stuck here, the man making the magic happen, J.D. How's it going, eh? There he is, eh? Joining us live down in our Atlanta studio, we got the homie, Tass Mellis. Stay in good spirits, boys. Stay in good spirits. <laughs> We're staying strong. We're staying strong. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. 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 And last, certainly not least, we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Happy Monday to everyone. Thanks so much for listening. A few quick reminders. Follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach a little later this week, so get your questions in now for that mailbag-only podcast. And finally, yesterday, we dropped a new podcast in our No Dunks feed called Squad. <laughs> on our inaugural episode of Squad, we attempted to draft the perfect hashtag NBA Twitter team from categories like newsbreakers and players and video stars. We had a lot of fun. I think people... Uh, that have caught the podcast already are genuinely liking it and commenting on who's got the best team and all that. So check that out. It's called Squad. We dropped it on Sunday. Um, we'll be doing more of these uh, drafting sort of podcasts in the future if you guys really, really like it. All I can't right. believe how well I did. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> People were pretty pumped about your team, J.D. Yeah. yeah. Without spoiling it, for those that haven't listened yet, J.D.'s got a got a great team <laughs> bit of a wild card pick in the wild card category yeah, I, it's like you I, could afford to though yeah i intentionally sub submarine my team uh, just threw the trench <laughs> right into it we'll trying to make but, it a little more even i don't know and, and just to jump in there skeets we also have a podcast coming today an interview with john hollinger it's monday it'll be dropping towards the late afternoon have some dinner with john hollinger he'll be here <laughs> in studio we'll be talking to him today incredible the podcasts just keep coming and coming and coming classics after classics all right well these mondays we're generally going to be looking at the nba weekend looking back at the nba weekend with a little winners and losers this is something we've done for a long time here so let's start with the winners let's be positive Pete's here on monday tass who's your big winner from the nba weekend we're going to get a lot of small market love on this podcast, that feels like. Let's give it to them while they're getting it, uh, because it might change a little bit as the season goes along. But I'm going to start it off with the Phoenix Suns, especially because on our Friday show, some worst of the week love went to DeAndre Ayton, the Phoenix Suns, because he's suspended for 25 games 
because he took a diuretic. Then they go and lose to the Denver Nuggets that night in overtime by one point. They got to fly from Denver back to their home. The Clippers championship team waiting for them, just chilling. And the Suns come out, no Ricky Rubio either, no DeAndre Ayton, and they take it to the Clippers. Mm -hmm. They beat the Los Angeles Clippers because... I think they're just a tough-minded team. This is a different Suns team. Scrappy. Yeah, it starts, I think, with, you know, Dem Booker got his 30. Of course, that's what he does. Kelly Oubre dropped in 20 points as well. But to me, watching this game, even though they gave up a lot of points, point guard Javon Carter, who? The guy filling <laughs> yeah. in for Ricky Rubio. He's a second-round pick from West Virginia in 2018. He came over in the Josh Jackson trade this past offseason. He's out there. He doesn't score a lot. Uh, but he's just a gritty guy. I think he's an extension of Monty Williams, their new head coach. And they go get a big W. They're 2-1 one now. Are they going to hold on to the 666 winning percentage the rest of the season? <laughs> Doubt it. Nope. But uh, who cares? Yeah. They've, they've paired Devin Booker. You know, I, I get the idea with a Ricky Rubio beside him, a defensive guard. Javon Carter's filling in quite well there. The best player in that trade so far uh, for Josh Jackson. And they're kind of fun. Yeah. I tell you what, Devin Booker going toe-to-toe with Pat Beverly and winning that yep. battle mm-hmm. was super impressive because Booker, we know he's got a feathery, beautiful jump shot, but through his young career, he's kind of not being considered a real tough guy, a sort of guy who wants to get into these battles. But he really took up that challenge from Pat Beverly, who you know really wants to try to shut down the, the other team's best scorer. And the fact that, that Booker, Pat Beverly fouled out, Pat, uh, and, and Booker was giving him the beef, going at him as well. <laughs> And then his team won. <laughs> to me, that, that, that is a key – that was a key moment in Devin Booker, not just this game, in his career, I think, because he's at that stage now where we're all like, is Devin Booker actually a good player or not? No one really knows because his sons have been bad through his entire existence. But if he can play like that and if he can take it to defenders every night, then the, things change dramatically, I think, for the Phoenix Suns. And it has to start with him because he is their highest-paid player. He's their, he is the, the franchise they've got right now. And I just think that uh, that was a key moment that, you know, Pat Beverly's the sort of guy who comes out, he wants to get into your face, he wants to get under your skin. And, Pat, and, and, and Devin Booker won that battle and won that game. I think that was really important. Yeah, I like the way he uh, gave him the beef. I guess maybe that's the key. <laughs> just uh, just bring an Italian beef with you to the games, munch down, and then you're ready to go. But uh, they just look tougher right now. They, you know, the vibes are great. For Phoenix, they're calling themselves the Valley Boys every time they break huddles, which is uh, kind of a cool nickname for them. Uh, something different. We're not calling every single team uh, the bench mob right now, which I like that. Um, that being said, I also, you know, Javon Carter was great. Also, shout out to Aaron Baines, maybe the most underrated player in the league. If you have him on your team, your defense is going to play hard. He'll make an open shot. It doesn't look great when he's shooting it, but he shoots a pretty decent percentage from three. Uh, Carter and uh, Baines moving into the starting lineup for uh, injuries and Aiton's suspension. It worked out good, whereas if you looked at Javon Carter and Aaron Baines coming in, you'd say, uh-oh, that's going to be a loss against the Clippers. But they were fired up. Uh, the, the vibes are great for Phoenix Perhaps they are this year's Kings. We will see yeah. if the surprise team continues on throughout the season. Every team is at their best at the beginning of the year because nobody knows how to play defense against you. We'll see once the scouting report is out if uh, Phoenix is able to keep it up. The Encouraging other, start, though. The other nice thing about Baines, the big-ass picks he sets for his guys. Mm. Oh, that yeah. guy just, oh. he's a big, wide dude. He's not afraid to set a good pick, and that helps a guy obviously like Booker to come off with a little more space to either attack or shoot. So, yeah, and I saw Michael Lee tweet this for, from The Athletic. That is a great, great win here early in the season for Monty Williams because, and again, this is Michael Lee, nothing helps a new coach build trust and earn respect quite like an early season against all odds sort of upset. 
And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And this is why um, it, they they are sort of a new look Suns. I think a big part of it is is Coach Monty Williams, and that was something you talked about sort of in the season previews, Tess. Yeah, Monty Williams is uh, he's just a hard nosed guy, yeah. and Baines and Carter really fit together with him. And you talk about those monstrous picks. There is a, uh, a video going around. The Phoenix Suns tweeted it. Their post game locker room talk from Monty Williams to the guys basically saying, hey, uh, we're watching film tomorrow. Just kidding. No film. You guys got the day off. But I mentioned it because Aaron Baines, no shirt on. You can see why he sets big picks. <laughs> a monster. He chiseled. Is. Shoulders to waist. And, he, and Devin Booker. Sound like Tommy Heinsohn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. uh, Devin Booker, uh, his quote after the game was, I think everyone in this city feels what's going on. Nobody's felt anything going on with the Phoenix Suns for a long time. Mm. So... Good for them. Well, and look at their whole weekend because Friday night in Denver, it was overtime. They lose by a point in the game. They led a lot of that game. The same sort of way they played, just gritty and tough. And you felt that the Nuggets, a team would, at home, their home opener, were just going to sort of walk, wipe them off the floor. And they didn't do that. And Phoenix, I don't know if you guys saw the end of that game. They were in overtime where Booker, 20 seconds ago, they're down one. He ran the clock down like what Kyrie Irving did the night before or, or earlier in the week. And Torrey Craig came over and blocked it. But again, the Suns to show some teeth is really what's been missing from them for so long. So I, I hope this isn't just a, an early season revival. I hope it is something that can last. And, you know, Monty Williams, we know he, uh, he came over with a good reputation. Things didn't end all that well for him in New Orleans. But early on, he seemed to make an impact on that team. So, so hopefully this is something that is sustainable here for Phoenix. Yeah. No good vibes uh, about DeAndre Ayton right now, though. Mm. Not, no, no talk about it being reduced from 25 games through I, the weekend. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you're right. I didn't get much of an update on that, at least for, for, the, for the positive that, idea of it getting yeah. reduced. But it's all right. You got Baines, who's basically Braun Strowman right now. He should go with him for Halloween. And then Frank Kaminsky yeah. has played well. I mean, in sort of a backup big finest. man role. Yeah, um, if he can shoot the ball like that, then that, that helps. But, yep. Yeah. Okay, Suns, that's an obvious winner of the weekend. Um, who's got the next one? Winner of the weekend, Trey TL. <laughs> Went down to the Fortress on Saturday for the home opener of the Hawks, and Trey Young was incredible. 39 points, nine, rebo- or nine assists, seven rebounds, two steals, 16 of 25 from the field. He made five threes, scored the last eight points in the fourth quarter, had 13 of 18 overall in the fourth quarter after he came back. The guy is in complete control as a pick-and-roll player. He's unguardable right now. He looks a little bit stronger. He's not quite as... Uh, afraid to be inside with the trees banging inside. Also a little bit quicker, it looks like. As soon as he's uh, turning the corner, it's either going to be a layup at the rim or his floater game is perfect right now. He he just has perfect feel. Uh, teams will no doubt adjust to guarding Trey Young. They'll probably start trapping him right away and making it so that a guy like John Collins or Alex Len has to make plays from the top of the key. Yeah. But for right now, uh, there's no way to guard Trey Young because the shot's pure. The handles are there. He can pass the ball, and he's got everything else going right now. The team's uh, super fired up. Uh, went in the locker room after the game, mm-hmm. and they're just yelling, it's so cold in here because of that man. <laughs> and then Trey Young walks in wearing an all-baby blue like sweatsuit, looking very cool. Ice tray the game. You can't be mad about it. Uh, the Hawks did bring out a hip-hop violinist for their halftime show. Okay. Last year, they had some cool rappers. This year, they went to a hip-hop violinist, I think because they know 
our team is good enough that you can come and watch the team rather than watching some rappers. <laughs> I thought what was interesting about this game too was you, you mentioned they couldn't defend Trey Young, but they seemed to be able to defend pretty much everyone else on the Hawks. And Young was able to step up and just carry his team like a true superstar because Steve Clifford's Orlando Magic, particularly towards the end of last season, were just known for being a tough team to score on. And I didn't feel that any of the other Hawks players really got it going. But Trey, I mean, some of those bombs and that one that he banked in and had the celebration, the... the that's his celebration from high school, isn't it? Or college, I think, where he does the... He's, he's cold. cold. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. cold. That looked, uh, that looked awesome. The fortress looked like it was rocking down I was going to say, Saturday was night. the crowd good for, for their opening night? Oh, yeah. It yeah. was loud. It was uh, fans up to the top. And once that banked in, three went in. Uh, people were going crazy. I don't necessarily trust Trey Young when he says that he meant to bank it, that he <laughs> called glass, but you have to say you did. You have to say it because nobody's going to deny it. Yeah, the celebration made it seem like... That was by accident. He, oh, right. yeah, he was smiling. Yeah, he was smiling. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and he was rubbing his arms, getting <laughs> like like he's up in Canada, getting uh, getting a little warm there. But, uh, yes, I, I think they're going to have to figure out somebody else to give the ball to so he can get it back a little bit later in the possession because I look at Trey Young and I say, how is he doing this for 24 seconds every single possession? Uh, but he continues to do it, and then he drives to the hoop, and he doesn't care who's around him. He's uh, physically... And I think mentally tougher this season, and uh, it's showing. It's showing, and uh, the crowd is a buzzing. But it, it's all these games. It seems like Hawks games are coming right down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're, it's very Kyrie esque. Uh, what's going on in Brooklyn? It's yep. just like every single thing coming down to the buzzer. But you got Trey on your side. You're going to win a lot of those. Yeah, it's a, it's only two games with these Hawks, Kaka. But it is interesting that not a, it's not a surprise that their offense is, is a juggernaut right now. It's third best in the league offense rating. Defense, that was the big question mark we had for them. Again, only two games, but so far so good on that end of the floor too. They're ranked 11th uh, overall in the league with defensive rating. They actually play a very, very slow pace right now too. Um, nearly, nearly one of the slowest teams in the league, which is a little interesting. But two games, small sample size theater there, so who knows. But the Hawks, Ice Trey, he's already got two woe boys. On the wow. season there. Yeah, what a start for this guy. You know he's making the All-Star game now. All right, Lee, who you got for a winner of the weekend? Well, this guy should have multiple war boys by the end of the season. I know he's already got one, and he's uh, probably the MVP right now. It's Carl Anthony Towns yep. and the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are just on fire right now, uh, and Towns especially has just been brilliant. Now, last night's game at home against the Miami Heat, the shorthand of Miami Heat, was overshadowed a little bit uh carl anthony towns by uh andrew wiggins who had a burst there of about a minute there where uh, he looked fantastic but overall towns seems to me a guy who's like kind of fed up with his team not being all that good and, and i was someone who kind of dismissed them coming into the season thinking like they're not that special and i still don't think they're actually going to be i think they're going to struggle to make the playoffs but so far towns has been a guy who's who's you can tell he's a little bit bigger a little bit stronger but really has so much confidence in his game from anywhere whether it's inside or whether it's outside shooting three-pointers. I mean, he's, uh, he's been great. And they've got these, you know, important wins. Charlotte, okay, who cares? Charlotte, not that special. The win, of course, against Brooklyn earlier in the week was great. But then Miami, a team uh, on a back-to-back who just had a very big win against the Bucks, playing typical Spolstra, Pat Riley ball, tough. You know, they they there was not easy for uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves coming in against a team on a back to back, and and Towns has just been uh, fantastic. I mean, 32 points he's averaging right now through the season, uh, 13 rebounds, 
five assists, steals, blocks, shooting 51% yeah. from three-point range, 52% from the field. It's only 63% from the line. So <laughs> what happens? Seven as makes for yeah, three. Yeah, exactly. Why not? But uh, as far as a guy just really showing, you know, putting his uh, stamp on game so far, I thought he's been superb. But Wiggins yeah. Island, baby. Wiggins yeah. Island won on that game. It's warm and cozy on Wiggins Island right now. <laughs> it's amazing. Enjoy it. Yeah, you hit the three straight threes to, to really you know, seal the win. For, he for went the on most. an 11-0 yeah. run. Yeah. Give that man some respect for a day that he's feeling it. It's so Did strange. Did you see how happy Wiggins. his teammates were, too? Like They were going insane. They like yeah, as if, screamed as if, like, out onto the court like the game was over when he had, after he hit the third one. I mean, is that how you should be, you know, responding to a guy who's no. your highest paid player on <laughs> no, your team? No, that's a bad sign. Exactly. It's, it, like, it's happened multiple times with Andrew Wiggins, yeah. too. Because oh, there's the flashes. You're right. Yeah, it's so infrequent. Yep. And, and that's the unfortunate part. I, I don't know if he's just Canadian. He's just too nice <laughs> to take those shots because you look at him and that the last three, you went on an 11-0 run. The last three was a, a gather sidestep. So pretty. He's just so naturally gifted. And he was working on his game this summer. I have very limited NBA connections, but I have an NBA connection that said in L.A., every morning, every morning, he was working at 6 a.m. That means he was there at 5 because he was sweating at 6 a.m. working on his game. And you watch how talented he is. But it just it doesn't come through. It doesn't translate night in and night out. And so, yeah, we should enjoy it while it lasts. I, I don't know how long it's going to last. He obviously wasn't working on his passing game. while he Zero was. assists in this game. <laughs> no. He's had two for the season. Yeah. And he's had one block and he's had one steal sure. on the season. Sure. It's all right. Yeah, he basically it. won them two games. <laughs> 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 Timely baskets. All that matters with Andrew Wiggins. Hey, he's helping his trade stock. <laughs> at the very least, yeah. by having these uh, strong performances, somewhat strong performances, he's not shooting the ball great at all during the the first you know forty five minutes of the game. And then he sort of catches fire, but yeah, that that was wild to see. All right, so Towns Wolves, that's a that's a good one. Um, my first winner, guys, of the weekend, Grizzlies rookie John ja Morant. This guy's a real one. This guy is something else. Helped the Grizzlies get the overtime win over the Nets uh, on Sunday. There were some great entertaining games on Sunday. Uh, 30 mm-hmm. points, 9 assists, 4 boards for the Rook. 17 in the fourth quarter. He had the game-saving block on Kyrie at the end of regulation. Just stuffed him. Totally clean. And then he assisted on Jay Crowder's game-winning 3. A little gorgeous play. 3.7 seconds left. They're inbounding on the side in the backcourt. Uh, you know, ball to Crowder. Dumps it to Morant on the run. Who then comes up. And little, a little dish, a little casual flip to Crowder to step into the three. And while he did it, sort of ran interference, blocking two Nets players, and Crowder splashed it, and they got the buzzer beater win. Like, and I, again, I tweeted this out, but that's pretty incredible for any sort of player, but especially a rookie who has the ball in his hands, to not take that shot at the end of the game. Like, you want to be the hero, and he'd been feeling it in the fourth quarter, but he realizes this is a better look. He was, he was stumbling a little bit, too. Maybe that was a part of it that he didn't take the shot, but... Little flip there to Crowder. Unbelievable game from John ja- ja Morant. That what? seemed like the play, right? Yeah, that get... had to yes, have been the play. I, I, that looked like that 2016 yeah. NCAA could... championship game. Yes, that's he true. He could have shot it, though. Yeah. You could have shot it. And so many guys do in that situation. Because there wasn't a ton of time. But he, he stayed patient, unselfish, smart, heads up play. What are talking about staying patient on that Kyrie shot at the end there, keeping his feet down and yep. rising up to block it. And then he did a little flex and he's like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm still in the play <laughs> yeah, here. But he had the big layup too near the end of the regulation to tie that game up. Mm. And I love him because he is not afraid of this like moment. He, he, you talked about the flex and he was like getting the crowd going hype. He like walked over to the side, like, you know, as we're heading into a timeout. 
He loves it. He is built for this moment, I feel like. He has sort of like that star uh, vibe to him. Um, he's just He seems to, to shine in, in these late situations and, and is not afraid of the moment, I guess is what I should say. So it's great for the Grizzlies. And to me, he's the only one that's built for their uniforms. Those baby mm. blues make some guys look dumpy. Solomon Hill. Oh, looks Solomon like he's, Hill! What oh is my he, goodness! He looks, he looks like he's forty pounds overweight. <laughs> Dylan Brooks like looks like he's been crushing pocket dogs all summer. But Ja, he looks good in the baby blues. Yes, yeah. it's, it's good to have a real skinny guy in the league doing things. He is super skinny. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, but yeah, he plays pretty strong. Uh, it's uh, I don't know if I like that whole court. Um, uniform combo anymore. I did it at first. I'm over it. I think it's not. It's not so good. The blue is not so good for some reason. Beale Street blue. Yeah, it's not. It's not baby enough. Do you mean <laughs> the floor or the um, or the yeah. more the uniforms? I have no problem. It, with I think the floor. it's a combo. Uh, you don't. Uh, you used to hate the floor. What happened? What? No, I've always loved yeah. the Grizzlies floor. No, that's not right. I've oh, always no. loved the Grizzlies floor. October 29th, 2018. <laughs> it was like a year ago when it came out. You you weren't a fan, but. John Morant will make a fan of anybody. That's true. I mean, for a team that uh, doesn't sell out a lot of home games, he is that sort of guy who people are going to want to pay to see. He's definitely electric, and it helps that he does get the fans pumped up like that. But then to showcase it with the actual skills and, uh, and have some substance to his style is, uh, is really, really fun. That was another fun game for the Nets. I mean, they're only one and two, but uh, every game they've played in has kind of been pretty fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might get to the Nets when we get to losers, unfortunately. Um, any other winners, though, from the NBA weekend? I'll just, I mean, I sort of talked about it briefly. I'll just say the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler hasn't played yet. He's been away on paternity leave. And they came back from 20 down in Milwaukee and won that game uh, in overtime. And, and it was a crazy sort of ending there in, in regulation where Giannis rose up and, and, and caught uh, Middleton shot and throw it back in. And you thought, okay, the Bucks are definitely not going to lose their home opener here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Heat just came out again. I mean, th- there is just something about Miami Heat basketball that they just, th- there's no, they don't feel sorry for themselves ever. It's always just, all right, whoever we've got, we're going to go out there and we expect everyone to play. And, uh, and again, last night they nearly pulled it off again. So if they'd been able to do that, they'd be 3-0 and, and, and a bit of a surprise early on the season. So uh just, just a quick shout-out to Miami for, uh, you know, never being a team that sort of mails it in or anything like that. They always fight, and uh, they're, you've got to give them a lot of respect for that. You said the, the Sunday games were good, Skeets. Mm-hmm. I heard the 4 o'clock NFL games were boring. <laughs> Forget about the NFL. Sunday, Sunday NBA games are hot right now. Come on over. Enjoy the fun. Yeah, there was some great, great was, endings. That was, was scheduled well. It, it really was. <laughs> well scheduled. Fantastic. Uh, uh, any other winners? Yeah, before we move on to losers, I have to give a winner to the referees. Now, I know nobody likes officiating, so I will make this as quick okay. as possible. Mavs down one going into the Blazers' end. Damian Lillard looking at Doncic. Doncic fires it up. No, let's not go that fast. Uh, Doncic was down one point. He takes the ball with 10 seconds left. He fires away a three-point shot. Why? I have no idea. Either way, it's a miss. The Mavs corral it. Damian Lillard slaps the ball out of Dorian Finney-Smith's hands, Mm -hmm. and he's blown for a whistle. Right. What the? It was a clean swipe. So Dorian Finney-Smith going to the line. Damian Lillard says to Coach Terry Stotts, nah, 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 challenge that. Challenge that right now. He challenges it. The right call is made. It's reversed. Blazers get the ball, and they win. The coach's challenge created the right situation mm-hmm. and, it, and a victory for the Portland Trailblazers. 
that's all I want to say. It wasn't fun to watch. Nobody likes Coach's Challenge. But in this instance, this is, this is why we got the Coach's Challenge, to, to turn a last-second call the right way. And the correct call was made. So, so kudos to Stotts for actually keeping it, right? That's true. Until, yeah. until the second half, because we had talked about a lot of these coaches have been using it in like first half action just to try and keep the ball in one weird possession. So and what the, what the, you really have in that situation, there's 10 seconds left. You use it anyways, even if it's not really close. Mm. You just mm. use it. Sure. You only got one left. You're going to lose the game. It's a one-point game during Finney-Smith going to line. I guess it could have just still been I, a one-point game. Yeah, I think he was – the only thing was because it would have lost them a timeout if they couldn't then yes. advance the ball. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's true. That's, that's the risk you were taking there. But, mm. yeah. yeah, I mean, you're still going to do it any time. You know, nine times out of ten, you're going to do that probably ten times It worked. Out of 10. Yeah. It worked. We saw the light go off. It's not fun, but it worked. But, okay, it worked – but it made the game go, the game stopped for five minutes, like four and mm. a half minutes. Ah, we're used to that in the NBA. I mean, that, that's, well, that, that's the problem with it. It is. It's, it's, it's not a great viewing experience. I, I get it. They want to get the call right. That's too many minutes. But was it's it too five long. minutes? It was. It, like, you can go look at the clip on NBA.com right now. The whole clip is four and a half minutes, so it's about that. Mm. So maybe we a little bit less because they're the showing you the real play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 24 seconds. But, you know what? Like, make it a minute. If you if you can't come to a decision, then it doesn't. You know, it's whatever the call was on the ground. Wow! Or then you could throw another challenge on the refs for taking too long. And, yeah. But instead of a green right, light, instead right. of a green light, it's a purple light. Now a purple light yeah. goes off, and then we gotta go check that. Oh, did they make the call in less than a minute? Oh no, they didn't. But then the, then the refs can throw a challenge back at the coaches. Okay, now that Ooh, that's like a, that's like sort of a dark maroon light. Now not to be confused with the red light on top of the backboard. No, 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 no. That's a different light. I mean, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. They got it right. You're right. I mean, Blazers fans are happy. I mean, it was yeah, a... Mavs, Mavs fans are complaining. It's it was... <laughs> I mean, you, Tass, you 100% think it was clean. That they had got it wrong on the first go when they called the whistle. Yes. Yes. Okay. I think it was 100% clean. Yeah. There, okay. may have, there may have been some incidental basketball contact because there was a little bump and maybe a thumb was slapped yeah. when he slapped the ball. But, but if the rule is the hand is part of the ball, if it's on the ball, then it is clean. Yeah, you know, I, I, so you I think they got with, it right by looking yes, at it? Yeah, okay, I do okay. too. I, I do too because it looked to me the way that Lillard got him. Like, yes, he th- he he made contact with his hand, but his hand was clearly on the ball at that time, and that's what we always hear: hand above the ball, hand above the ball. Okay, well it's clean then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You know, um, you felt know, clean. You know what teams are going to have to do? They're, they should really start practicing uh, jump ball scenarios, like get creative Ooh. on these because, you know, lost sort of in this whole talk about the coach's challenge. Okay, they, they say we got it wrong. It wasn't a foul on Lillard. It was clean. So in that scenario now, you jump it up at half, and anybody can take the tip. The, the Blazers were small. Whiteside was not out there. Porzingis has taken it for the Mavs. You would think a huge advantage. It should be Mavericks ball still with time to go and try and score. Um, but I don't know what they were doing, but Porzingis wins the tip easily but just throws it, tips it to no one Way, I believe it was sort of near Luca, but way over Luca's head. And Bazemore was the one that, that came and got it. I, there was such a weird little opening that he could have just tipped it to uh, Maxi Kleber. And I don't know why, I don't know why they didn't, but I wonder if coaches will start getting a little creative and actually start, in a weird way, trying to draw plays off a jump ball. If this, I don't if want this does them happen. to. I, I, I hope to God oh, they, they will. They will. They should. But I, I, think, I think jump balls are the most hilarious part of an NBA game <laughs> yeah. because it's the most unorganized thing that happens. It's weird, Guys right. are jostling feet. And no one knows what's going on. The referees' tosses go everywhere because yep. they can't seem to toss it straight up. It's unorganized chaos. The, I love uh, it. FIBA rule then. Isn't the FIBA rule the possession now? 
Uh, like an arrow? Yeah. Mm. Like, like college? Yeah. Yeah, they don't seem to. Uh, never seen a jump ball in FIBA, I don't think. Yeah, I think that's why. It's like. Yeah. But I, I mean, again, like, the Mavs could have won this tip. They should have won this tip. I still don't know why they didn't. <laughs> um, with the huge height advantage and Porzingis jumping, who can obviously get up there. And he won it easily, but he just put it nowhere. Uh, and then Bazemore secured it. And then I, I will say, you're, uh, the, one of the biggest issues with NBA basketball is it takes forever. Just like it's taken forever to talk about this referee situation. Yeah. No, that, the, one of the biggest problems with basketball, and everybody gets it, every commissioner gets it, that it takes too long to play out the last two or three minutes. But aren't we just used to it by now? And you add a couple minutes. I know it's not good for the game, but we're just sort of used to it. Okay, maybe a clock. Maybe a clock makes it sort of interesting. <laughs> but then it's sort of like counterintuitive. It's like, hey, just hurry up and make a call and another decision on this. Yeah. We a, need robots. Will they get it done? Will they get the call in the last two oh, minutes? We'll <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. All right. Uh, I have a couple other winners to throw in here, too. You, you mentioned it, Lee. Um, the Nuggets' late-game defensive execution on Friday night when they held on to beat the Suns, 108-107. Just that final play, um, Torrey Craig rotating for the block uh, on Booker. He's sort of getting all the pub, like he's the, the name in the highlight there. But if you watch that final defensive play, unbelievable job by Denver. Gary Harris started out on Booker, and then Beasley just smoothly switches onto him as Booker starts attacking Beasley slides with him, he avoids the foul, and that's why Booker's sort of stumbling away there, and then Craig comes over and rotates for the block. All three guys there, that was just, that was flawless defensive execution on a really, really good, good offensive player. So, a little winner to that one. And my final winner, Taco Fall. Did you guys see Saturday night, the We Want Taco oh, yeah. chant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Madison Square Garden, uh, Knicks are getting pummeled. Celtics up huge. Four minutes to go. Knicks fans break into the spirited We Want Taco chant, uh, you know, pleading Coach Stevens to put the uh, seven foot six undrafted rookie into the game. He did. Uh, he played the final like three forty of the game. The crowd went nuts anytime the ball got near him or he touched it. And he threw down two dunks, and he doesn't need to jump to to dunk them. He's standing <coughs> on the ground and he just extends. So he's a guy. It's a fun story. It's, it's is he a bit of a you know human victory cigar maybe, but it's still fun to have characters like in the, in this in the league. And he's on two way contract, so we might see some more time. I hope we see him and Boban matching oh, up against each other. Awesome. Yeah. Imagine that jump ball. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Baby. One jump. Yes. Yeah, yeah, just ball. Be a ball. Yes. <laughs> just who can reach for it higher. Um, any other any other winners? Well, as long as they're sprinkling, I'll yeah. toss a few Greg sprinkles here sure. to maybe the only team we haven't talked about so far. San Antonio Spurs got a win on Saturday against the Knicks, and it was because of DeMar DeRozan. Scored 10 in the fourth, hit a game winner at the rim. Kind of unusual for... Game winners in, in general are usually a pull-up uh, mid-range jumper, which is where DeRozan is specializing, yeah. but he was great. 26 points, had two incredible dunks. One was left-handed, also pretty cool. So, yeah, shout-out to the Spurs. They are still playing basketball. <laughs> Let's go do I some I mean, it, it's, it's not sexy DeRozan's game, but, man, is it efficient and effective. And you, you know what you're getting. Exactly. Yep. You give him the ball, he just goes, I'm going to my spot, rising up, and I'm just knocking this in. And that's what it was because the Wizards led this game as well, but then uh, DeRozan was just like, sorry, I'm just going to spurs you out of this one, and they did. <laughs> spurs you out of this one. Yeah, the guard rotation is really interesting in San Antonio for the future with DeJounte Murray getting that contract. They've got Derek White coming off the bench. They're starting Bryn Forbes. Now DeMar can opt out of his contract at the end of this year. You're going to sign DeMar again for a long-term deal? It's, uh, it's an interesting situation there, but yeah, they're still playing basketball, and they're going to make the playoffs because they're the Spurs, right? Yep. What would that be? Sure 22, feels like 22 consecutive playoff appearances? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think they're at 21 yeah. right now. All right, well, before we move on 
to the losers of the NBA weekend, let me ask you this, boys. You guys ever had a long day at work? Oh, yeah. Wait, Lee, Lee hasn't. He leaves early all the time. <laughs> you other guys have. What about back in college? You ever have a tough day at school? Yeah? Didn't go to college. No, yeah, not you. <laughs> guys, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Ordering, mad easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. You've got NBA League Pass games to watch. Let DoorDash help you out. You said it there, Tass. Great slate of games on Sunday. You didn't need to leave the couch. Well, you sort of got to leave the couch to go down to the door and get the food, but you know what I'm talking about here. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NODUNKS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code NODUNKS. Don't forget, that's the promo code NODUNKS for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right, let's get to losers of the weekend. And you know what? I'll start us off here. Golden State Warriors, I think, are an obvious loser of the NBA weekend. They lost 120-92 to in OKC on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> that was the afternoon game. That one wasn't as pretty. Um, they're now 0-2, an ugly 0-2. They trailed by 41 on Sunday to OKC. And they, they can't get a stop, so they had to resort to a zone defense at one point, And it still did, no, did them no good. So... The Warriors, everyone's freaking out. I know the tweets were flying around on Sunday. Everyone's, everyone has been waiting to get off their Warriors tweets because they've been so dominant for the last five or six years. So they're coming out uh, you know, full steam ahead here now. But that was a brutal performance. And the, and the worries about them being able to stop anyone so far through two games uh, looks to be fair. Can't stop anyone. And like Steph Curry said, he can't even evaluate their offense right now because they're taking the ball out of the hoop every single time. So they're never in transition. So they're not scoring either. They just don't have enough NBA players right now. You know, they're starting Glenn Robinson III, whose biggest accomplishment so far in the NBA is a slam dunk championship in one of the worst slam dunk championships that we've seen. They would love to get Alec Burks back, a guy who keeps coming to teams as maybe the answer, and then he hasn't really succeeded. They need Willie Cauley-Stein back, a guy who, didn't, who wasn't extended by his rookie team. These are guys who are not major names, but are rotation NBA players who will help whenever uh, the Warriors get him back. But I don't know. I'm feeling a little bad for Draymond Green. They say he hasn't had a losing basketball team since he was in junior high school. This could be the worst t- team he's played on in 15 years. And uh, he's not going to be holding his tongue. He was yeah. uh, ripping yeah. the Warriors yesterday. Uh, and honestly, you can't blame him. I didn't watch the game. I turned on an F1 race. I would mm. rather watch guys drive on a squiggly course than watch the Warriors. Oh, who took it? Mexico, uh, Lewis, wasn't Lewis it? Hamilton, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Mercedes, Ferrari, Mercedes, Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, Ferrari. What yeah. a surprise. Yeah, it's a bit boring, isn't it, these days? <laughs> <laughs> but Draymond had a good quote afterwards saying about how everyone's gone through this except for Tim Duncan through <laughs> yeah. the rest yeah. of their career. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's tough to see anything really positive about the Warriors right now. D'Angelo Russell gets ejected. He was giving them nothing anyway, so it didn't really uh, they didn't really miss him there. But uh, yeah, I mean, you look at that team and you look at that roster and like, whoa, that's uh, oh, that's brutal right now. They, uh, <laughs> it's the worst they, defense, uh, the worst yeah, defense brutal. in the league by a mile right now. Oh, Their but, defensive but, rating is yeah. one twenty four. That's, that's one where you watch them and you just go, they don't seem to have any idea what they're doing defensively. No. Like the uh, the the. Thunder yesterday just scored at will. And if everyone, whoever shot, seemed, I mean, they seem to get hot too, but uh, man, they, yeah, they look awful right now. And teams are, you, you mentioned, teams are going to really enjoy trying to just 
embarrass the Warriors now because they've been on top for so long. So they're in for a long season, I think. It is weird to hear Draymond Green after games say, yeah, we suck, but we'll be fine. Usually he'll say, but we'll be fine. Now, yeah, it's, yeah. now, now it's just like, we suck, period. He totally feels different. That being said, we knew what the roster was coming into the season, and a lot of us picked them to make the playoffs. Now, they've, had, they've had some additional injuries, like we talked about last week. Kevon Looney is their fourth best player. And he needs to be playing. He's got a nerve issue. That's a that's a big problem. So yes, now they're starting Marquise Chris, a guy who's bounced around the league and can't find a home. They're starting Glenn Robinson, bounced around the league, can't find a home. They're waiting for Willie Cauley Stein, bounced around the league, can't find a home. Alec Burks, <coughs> same thing. But we knew this coming in. Mm-hmm. They should be better. We should just be able to look at Steph, one of the best players in the world. Draymond, one of the best defenders in the world, and they should be good enough if they know what the heck they're doing. They should be good enough to win, to be a 500 team at least. I, I still think they can get back to that, but they stink right now. Would you pick them as a playoff team? Right uh, now? Uh, yeah, I mean, a week ago, yeah, I'm with you. We all agreed they are yeah. a playoff team, and I probably still would pick them as a playoff team. Like you're saying, they will round into form. Players will get healthier. You're not going to be – every team isn't going to be playing at their top capacity uh, a week into the season. So, uh, I mean – they still do have one of the best offensive players in the game, mm-hmm. one of the best defensive players in the game. And someday they will have a better rotation around them. But, you, you know, after week one, people are, people are hopping off the Warriors, yeah. even as a playoff team, easily. Mm-hmm. They definitely are. But nobody there is down in Atlanta? <laughs> I, not, I'm not I'm totally on, off, but I'm certainly I mean, yeah. less confident than I was. Oh, you're like, hanging yeah. off the side? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. My, my foot's dragging off the side. It's, it's, I'm definitely getting some yeah. road burn. My, my toe's hanging. Yeah. Hanging down. I'm ready to pop off. But I, I can't. Uh, Kevon Looney again. I, I, it's it's crazy that we're saying Kevon Looney is really really important to them. But he's got a nerve issue. Who knows how long that could be? But yeah, when you watch them play, and they're down thirty seven points to Oklahoma City, they need guys who move uh, to the right spots because Marquise Chris has been bounced around the league. He's their starting center. Uh, he's bounced around the league for a reason. Glenn Robinson's bounced around the league for a reason. Nobody wants to play defense on this team. What did you think about this tweet going around last night? I hope I'm not stepping on tweet of the night by any means here, but no, we're with, good. with calling out, you know, like the, I, I don't even know who tweeted it, but it, it, it caught fire because people were upset by it. But this idea that like, let's see what Curry can do. Is he actually going to be able to be the man on a team? Cause he's had it so easy. Um, and he's got to prove himself. What was, what was your reaction to <laughs> the that? People, the people just want to get their tweets yeah. on. Yeah. You said it exactly right at the first. Steph Curry is still the best shooter in the history of basketball. He just hasn't had a good th- two games. <laughs> yeah. Remember when the Warriors just started ascending and everyone just loved Steph and was like, ah, he is the greatest we've ever seen. And, and now it's just like, oh, you've had too much publicity, too much shine. People just want to get their shots in at yeah. him. Uh, yeah. But Steph, I mean, you know, unanimous MVP, two-time MVP, three-time champ. It's... Um, you know, he, 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 people say, well, you're playing with other great players. Well, other great players were playing with Steph as well, which enabled them to be good. I mean, if, if Clay Thompson was on the Timberwolves for all those years, would he have been as good? No way. But, uh, you know, when you play with great players, it, it allows you to be great. Yeah, it is, weird. Is. it is weird with um, the timing of the Warriors moving into the new building. Um, with all of this, struggles and all these guys leaving or being injured too, I find. Usually when you go into a new arena, there's like obviously a huge buzz and I even think it bumps up teams' sort of win totals early in the season because uh, people are so excited. But the exact opposite has really happened here, not only with the losses, but you know they're moving the team from Oakland, where they had what appeared to be like the best fan base 
in the NBA. Even when they were garbage, those fans were amazing. Um, and then now in sort of San Francisco, and it's uh, every, all the all the people have been priced out. All the real fans have been priced out. It's all about the money, and they're making tons. It's and so I think people are that sort of have been waiting to to uh, rail on the Warriors are also like loving that fact too. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, look at look, you turn your back on your real fans in Oakland there, and you got your new <laughs> fancy arena, and you can't even win a game in there. So I, I, it's the perfect storm for the haters. <laughs> it is strange. I I can't remember a a stadium opening with this sort of downer yes, feeling that, around okay, it. Okay, thank you. I'm not alone thinking this, right? No, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. And everybody's just sort of reminiscing, being all nostalgic about Oracle when, when, you, when you hear the interviews with the Warriors. They're, they're just talking about, oh, yeah, it was a great place to play. Well, you don't play there anymore. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah Steph even wore a shirt about uh, R.I.P. Or, or Oracle. Oh, I think. Yeah, like an airbrush T-shirt. Yeah. And yeah. It, was a, it was a big joke in the in the preseason when he pulled up for far, from 40 feet and airballed the mm. first shot at the Chase Center. And now it's looking a little prophetic. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, it's, it's funny a month ago, but now it's like, uh-oh, is this what it's going to be like now that, uh, now that they're there? Surely they'll turn it around eventually, yeah. but an inauspicious start, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, and so uh, you guys know I've been staying with Ken. Everybody that's listening, I've been up here in Toronto waiting for the visa. Yeah, staying, we know. I'm staying, How well, is no, Ken? No, there is a reason to this. I'm staying with Ken, and as uh, Ken and Marge are flying to actually San Francisco for a wedding, like this coming weekend, and I was like, oh, I was thinking about like what I could get them as a thank you gift for letting me uh, you know, crash at their place for a long time. I was like, oh, I'll get them tickets to the Warriors game. Spurs are playing them on Friday night. They had that mm. night open. Um, so, uh, so I bought them some tickets to the new Chase Center. Now I'm feeling bad. Maybe that's not a great gift. I, I mean, they're seeing one of the worst teams in basketball. I just bought them tickets for it, but uh, I'm sure the place itself is nice. I was like, just walk around the concourse. Don't watch the game if they're getting, if they're getting punked. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. At some point, they're going to get a win in Chase Center. There, there is no doubt. Uh, all right, so Warriors, a loser of the weekend. Tass, who do you got? I'll just jump in with the Brooklyn Nets. I know Kyrie's going off, and everybody's enjoying the Kyrie show, but I want to say I don't like watching the Brooklyn Nets like I Mm. liked watching them last year. Kyrie's been ridiculous, but I don't like one-on-five ball. It's come down to that a lot towards the end, and and Kyrie's doing it on both ends too he's but uh sometimes it's just dribble 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 yeah dribble, but come on D'Angelo Russell was doing a lot of that too at the end of games well for the net yeah uh, some of it because of injury too yeah but their passes have dropped dramatically okay. as no, no, 50, you're not 50 less passes a game when we're getting into the advanced stats and I just don't like it <laughs> I, I, I mean sim- I, I like I'm more of a hey give it up to get it back type of guy when I'm watching a point guard who's going to destroy the other team. Kyrie will pass. There's nobody else who's going to take a shot on that team, although Karis LeVert's chipping in. But, but Joe Harris is passing it back. So is Torian Prince. So is Jared Allen. So is DeAndre Jordan. Give it up. You'll get it back. You'll be in a better position. I understand you might be wasting a tiny bit of energy, but I like the Steph model a little bit better. That being said, why am I hating? It's a show. It's very fun. Maybe it's because I picked them for the hard over of 43 and a half <laughs> yeah, wins. And yeah. they're just, and they could easily be 3 and 0. They could easily be 0 and 3 yep. because they lost to the Timberwolves. Uh, they could have lost to the Knicks. What? And that was Kyrie basically <laughs> saving them at the end of that game, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he could have easily, you know, taken care of uh, business on Sunday night against the Grizzlies. So a couple wolf losses, you know, when, you, when you're looking back at it, the, the Wolves and the Grizzlies. And uh, a bit of a wolf win beating the New York Knicks. 
there's something going on there. I mean, their defense, they have other issues. Strictly aesthetically, give me a pass. <laughs> just one, just one pass. You'll get it back. It is a dribble <laughs> festival. There's no doubt about it. Laura was deep into working moms last night. She was crushing it on Netflix. So I was watching, pulling a Tass Mellis, <laughs> living 10 years in the future, watching the game on my phone. And when you do it, it gives you this option for mobile view, which yep. is like a little bit zoomed in. And yep. when you watch the Nets on mobile view, you're just watching Kyrie Irving. Like yeah. you're not going to see the other four guys on the court. You're seeing spin moves and crossovers, and maybe he'll try and roll around on his butt before making a game winning shot. All kinds of stuff are happening. You don't really see anybody else though. There was that play that got uh, Dinwiddie a shot in the lane where like him and Kyrie sort of ran a screen and roll at the top of the key. Their three best players are going to be Dinwiddie, Kyrie and Karis LeVert. So they got to be out there uh, at crunch time. They got to get involved a little bit more. Uh, Kyrie, it seems to me, when he said he wanted his own team, this is exactly what he wanted from his own team. He didn't want to necessarily join a Celtics team where he's the star, but there are other good players who get shots too. He wanted a team where he's got the ball all the time, live and die by Kyrie Irving. That's what it is right now. Maybe it'll work in the future. You know, the guy's an incredible clutch player, but uh, if you're going to take every shot and miss two out of three, you're going to have a losing record. Mm-hmm. And he's so talented that when things don't go his way, he has a bad couple of possessions where he rims out, he, he clanks a couple, he'll decide to pass, and he'll make a great pass. Mm-hmm. He finds, he finds yeah. Jared Allen really well, some beautiful looks. But it's just, it's, a, it's strictly, it's a little Westbrook-esque. It's a, a strictly a one-pass possession. We're not running an offense so everybody touches it. And, and I think, you know, that trickles down a little bit. Everybody's in good spirits there. Everybody loves him. Everybody's yeah, enjoying I've him. Yeah, I've noticed but. that, too. They love him, like the other Nets players. They're always, like, grabbing his head and bringing him in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's a great like, head to grab, though, isn't it? It is. Sure. <laughs> it looks great. It does <laughs> look good with the, uh, great head. The, uh, the headband combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good combo. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Some people, a lot of people are talking about it on Twitter. Best headband hair combo in the what? game. It's Best H&H. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> I do love the uh, celebration the Nets do for any time um, uh, Jared Allen does anything good. They, like, sort of mock that they have a giant fro on their head. Mm. You seen that? I don't know how to describe it. Other That's than carried over from last season. Yeah, I love that. I freaking yeah. love that one. Okay, so Nets, yeah, unfortunately a loser of the weekend. You're right. They could very easily be 3-0, and and we'd have them as winners. But uh, Tass has them as a loser for the weekend. Who you got, Lee? has to be the Sacramento Kings. They have been awful, awful, awful so far <laughs> yeah, through three games. Yeah, this is disappointing. Uh, Saturday night uh, against the Jazz, they got just hammered from the start. It wasn't even close at all. And really, this is the team that uh, last year were another, like the Nets, fun to watch. And you were hoping that this season they would really take a step up and be a, a, a contender early for the playoffs. But instead, it's been, it's been the Kings of like four years ago where it's just like, oh, man, this is... This team, what, what hope do you see out of this team? Now, I do see hope because I think guys like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, I think they are going to be much better than what we've seen so far. But right now, this team is starting off slowly, can't defend, can't hit a shot, yeah. and has been humiliated. I mean, they lost uh, uh, to the, the Blazers on Friday, but then Saturday in Utah, uh, just... 113-81 to 81 oh, against the And it wasn't even that close, no, to be honest with yeah, you. Right. It, it, this was over very, very early. And they've got a new coach there in Luke Walton. Maybe it's just he's trying to install some new, you know, schemes and mechanisms. I'm not sure. But right now they are just not connecting with whatever he's trying to do. And uh, this is the Kings can't afford to start off slowly. They need to start off well. They need to get this thing figured out pretty soon because otherwise it's just going to be another season of same old Kings. And that they don't handle adversity all that well. So... I'm uh, not exactly sure why they've been quite so bad, but, but I think De'Aaron Fox is one of the reasons. I mean, he, he hasn't looked as sharp so far, I think. Now, 
the other team that's been struggling is the Indiana Pacers. Both these teams, remember, played in India at the start Ooh, of October. Right. Does that have any impact? Maybe, maybe not. I'd but, say uh, 100% it does. Yeah, well, because both I mean, of them, you look back. I've, I saw people tweeting this out. Like, there are stats that show like teams that have traveled over to China or India, sort of in, for preseason games. They don't they don't start all that strong mm. over the last couple of years to the NBA season. Yeah, well, the Lakers and the Nets also went to China, of course, uh, recently. And I mean, the Nets are one and two. The Lakers are two and one. So you know, who who knows if that has an impact? But certainly, the Kings, whatever, so far have have looked like sort of late season kings of years gone by where they just don't even put up a fight and uh that's that's a concern yeah 124 to 95 they lost to the suns then they lost 122 to 112 to the blazers and then that 113 to 81 yeah especially with the warriors faltering there's uh there's some openings right 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 in the western conference playoff picture and and like trey said maybe the suns are this year's kings the mavericks are looking mavericky. They look really good, putting real great defensive players and Delon Wright, um, Mr. Jalen, and uh, who's the and Kleba, I guess they're playing there around Doncic and Porzingis. It's working out well. The Spurs are there. There's openings. Yeah, and uh, you know, Kings gonna Kangs again, <laughs> especially with the Bagley injury there too. So that sucks. That's a good one. Uh, you, you you sort of slipped the Pacers in. I mean, you you think it's obviously there's the potential of just the hangover from that India trip, but. 0 oh, and two, yeah, You're and losses concerned? to yeah. well, losses to Cleveland and Detroit, and they played yeah. Detroit again tonight. Uh, so that that is a concern because this is another team that uh, I think a few of us kind of thought they maybe punched above their weight last season. But we told little, you to hit the under, yeah. Right, but but right. a, you know a good you know a tough team at least. But uh, yeah, you know Cleveland, you know Cleveland, I think is one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference, and uh, and they handled Indiana fairly easily mm-hmm. on Saturday. Uh, I've got a loser of the NBA weekend. NBA TV for canceling the starters, which in turn <laughs> killed weekend whoopsies. Mm. Man, dude, I was just kept thinking mm. of Matteo. Matteo just chomping at the bit to, to really get his hands into what appeared to be, would have been a, a classic weekend whoopsies edition. I mean, just off the top of my head, I didn't even write anything down. Off the top of my head, weekend whoopsies. You had Harden doinking himself in the face and then right. Josh Hart's amazing reaction to that. Wow. Um, Could be a whoopsie of the year nominee. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right, oh, yeah. We had, uh, shout out to our, our, our buddy Jeff with the Phoenix Suns, but we had a similar guy with the Bucks. I tweeted it out. There was a Bucks dancer who just ate it. He ate the floor while trying to do a backflip. Uh, so that was a great one. That would have been in there. LeBron's hairline. Did you see this fiasco yes. with Anthony Ooh. Davis? I'm sure that would have been in there. Like, again, that's just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's What about five. Uh, yeah. Donovan Mitchell? Oh, yeah. He caught one right in the uh, hibbets. Oh, he caught one. That's right. The ball, yeah, he was on the one. ground. He's lying on the ground. The ball Joe Ingles drops down loved it on the side. Right, right. I mean, what a weekend that would have been for weekend whoopsies. What a Monday. Again, Matty O would have been loving every minute of it. Uh, but nope. Nope. We don't have it anymore. Chomping at the bit. Chomping at his pen. Really pumped <laughs> to get into the whoopsies. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's, let's hear from you guys out there. Do you guys have any other losers to add? Uh, or should I just tell the people to tweet at us their winners and losers of the NBA weekend? Hit us up at hashtag no dunks or at no dunks inc. Got some news that I wanted to throw at you guys. Just very quickly here Zach Collins, he's going to get an MRI later today after dislocating his shoulder during the Blazers win over the Mavericks on Sunday. Collins was, he was battling for a rebound under the basket. That shoulder looked like it popped out. He said they popped it back in. Good news is Collins, he addressed the media. He said the training staff did be able, they were able to pop that back in. So. He won't play tonight, um, 
but hopefully this MRI doesn't show anything too serious because, as we know, they're already without Nurkic, uh, and you can't they can't afford to lose Collins. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, he might be playing out of position a little bit at the four, but he seems to be a guy who will be reliable at least down the road for the Blazers. So hopefully he's able to come back. Hopefully the fact that his shoulder pops in and out of socket easily isn't a problem. I mean, I guess it sounds good that they were able to put it back in right away, but maybe you don't just want it falling out of there. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, whatever it is, though, I mean, the guy's going to be banging, right? Like, that's the thing is he plays four right now because they think maybe he's a little bit too skinny to be playing the five. If his shoulder's getting hurt going for rebounds, that's more reasons to keep him at the four, I would think, than playing him against the Giants at the five spot. Luckily, though, they got Whiteside to bang those bodies. Yeah. Um, and other piece of news here, you can count LeBron James among the evacuees after a fire erupted early Monday morning in Southern California. Uh, LeBron tweeted just before 4 a.m. that he was trying to find rooms for his family after having to emergency evacuate his house, and he was calling the fires no joke. He later tweeted that he did find accommodation, uh, and he was thinking of the first responders and, and praying for those affected, as are we. That's uh, some scary stuff there, and, uh, and, and pretty wild. So LeBron, just like us, just like anyone, unfortunately, in, in uh, Southern California right now. These are all too common, these fires. Hopefully, Matteo's safe out there, too. Yeah, mm. that's right. That's right. All right. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Well, I'm bringing it back to the officiating. Oh, boy. Don't worry. <laughs> it gets better. Okay. Uh, owner of the Mavericks, Mark Cuban, he vents on Twitter just like everyone else. And just like everyone else, quite often his claims are invalid. <laughs> this is not true, Mark. He tweeted, I'm a fan of the NBA challenge rule, but if a play is overturned and they don't show the replay that justifies overturning a call along with an explanation, along with an what do you want, a written explanation? Then it's going to have some real <laughs> problems. From the angles we saw in arena, it looked like a clean strip. But body contact first. Okay, uh, okay, and then he goes on to say, how can a judgment that body contact was, quote-unquote, deemed marginal, as the NBA officials tweeted about, be considered clear and conclusive? If it were clear and conclusive, nothing would have, would have to be deemed, correct? Okay, see, see this is... This is you're right, you're right. Skeets, now, now this is when we're starting to get into the, the weeds, into yep. the nitty-gritty of what, a, what, a, what is this? And what, it's basketball. And... Uh, not to play the, hey, if you played basketball card, but that was such incidental contact. I mean, it was really, it was nothing. Guys are occupying the same space. Like, there, there aren't force fields out there. He, he literally touched him and stripped it, and that's it. And there, there really doesn't need to be any more to it. And that's why, yes, I understand People are a little rankled by this coach's challenge thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I understand Here's it. What we like, and now with. you've got your leader coming out complaining about marginal, deemed marginal contact. Get out. Like, no, no, Cubans got to love this, though. It just gives them another way to complain about the referees. Yeah. He's like, I've been complaining about the referees for two decades. Now I get to complain about the referees complaining about the referees. Mm. It's perfect. It's perfect for him. He's a guy that should love the replays. <laughs> well, yeah, he was big on in in their arena there to have the the actual replays at your fingertips and and all that that sure. you could see the and I, I you know so i guess he really wanted a visual representation of what happened and he wanted it in, in, a, in a bright neon border he wanted to see the replay that overturned the call yeah you won't be able okay to but you have to yeah you wouldn't be able to please him yeah. uh, sure and, and also you have to trust trust the referees to some degree that is their job 
And that was the right call. I know. That's what, <laughs> that's what drives me crazy about it as well. I've seen all those angles and I see like some of the Mavs fans saying, but look, there's contact here. Yes, contact doesn't automatically mean a foul. If you're in the paint there and there's body contact and he doesn't like uh, clearly knock him over, it's okay. Toughen that's, up. Yeah, it's part of the game. And doesn't Mark Cuban sit right down that end of the court as well? <laughs> he should have been right there and he should say, you know what, we lost got the call overturned, bummer. But you know what? They got it right. That would be much better and a stronger endorsement than him complaining when he got the call wrong. Also, anyway. again, go win the damn tip. You had a chance to win the ball back, and they didn't. They screwed it up. Here's the other thing. I saw people tweeting us in about this coach's challenge, their idea to make it better, and I'm 100% on board. Screw looking at this thing. If, the, if you want to challenge it because you think the call is wrong, okay, let's do what we do in, in, in runs when there's a, a confrontation and both sides can't agree on the call, was it out on you, was it out on me, shoot for it. That would yes. be entertaining. That would actually be entertaining if, you know, you have one of those a game to play, to, to throw, and they're like, all right, the, the refs are like, they can decide. Like, that was a bang-bang call. I'm not 100% sure. Let's shoot for it. You got a guy, you got a guy, whatever, or just one shot, I don't care. Make it a deep three because these guys are automatic. Whatever the case, that would be entertaining. That's high drama. Uh, in a close game to see if, you know, Lillard can knock down a 30-footer when all the pressure's on um, to try and retain the ball or get the ball back or whatever. I love that idea. Let's get crazy with this, yeah, man. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. You want to get crazy? Get Marcus Smart to shoot one of those over his head from the three-point yes. line. See. Mm, trick shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trick shots. Something. Something is there. Okay. Um, uh, Friday's pick'em results. Just quickly here, we were uh, betting on the Bulls-Grizzlies game. Chicago was favored on the road. Everybody took Chicago except Tass, who took the Grizzlies at home. The Bulls got it done, though, baby. I was a game too early with the Grizzlies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so Lee and I are three and one overall in this very, very short month of October when it comes to the pick'em uh, payoff. Tass is one and three. Trey is two and two. So Trey's a game up on Tass. What's our game tonight? Denver visiting Sacramento. Okay. Now, Sacramento is getting six and a half points, meaning they can lose by up to six points. And you would still get the check mark if you pick the Kings. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Kings are 0 3. Yeah. They need to win. They're desperate They're for desperate. a win. When's this team going to win? Hey. Nuggets aren't going to win. Call it a win. Yeah. Yeah. Nuggets, yes, that's correct. Well, they haven't been. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, they were, you know, about a five, just over 500 ball club on the road last year. And, uh, you know, we call it a win. Do they need a win? No, they just have to lose by six or less. That's why I'm taking the Kings. Wow. And because I'm also trying to go over this season. Or I guess I did <laughs> no, get a win. A win. I, feel, I feel like I'm, I've am i gone over. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take the Kings plus the points. Okay. Why not? Yeah, that's, that's a, a, it's a closey. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Kings as well. They got to get a win at some point. And it's a nice nice little number there on the line. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice number, but uh, I'll, I'll take the Nuggies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kings haven't looked good, but that's the thing. They're probably going to shake it off and get a get a victory soon enough. But uh, I'll take the Nuggies. Ah oh, man, yeah, I'm going to go with Lee. I'm taking the Nuggets to win this game by seven or more. Good luck to everybody. A lot of games on tonight. Whole lot of games on tonight. Eleven. Oh my goodness. Enjoy the jumping around, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Again, we got a podcast up on Sunday called Squad where we drafted our NBA Twitter teams. That one's a lot of fun. Highly recommend you check it out. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but keep your eyes and ears on the No Dunks podcast feed for another bonus episode. Tass mentioned it earlier. 
an interview with John Hollinger in studio down there in Atlanta. So that should be dropping later today. My goodness, the podcast, the classics just keep coming. We'll talk to you guys. Well, you'll hear that one later today, and then we'll talk to you tomorrow with The Daily Show. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, many NBA players are going vegan, but they also got a lot of beef. (laughs) Embrace the day, people. You could stay.